hello hello welcome back to girls gone healthy i'm your host emily kaufman and today i'm talking with two former athletes taylor and emily and it's talking all about life after sport the transition that you go through and just what happens afterwards what are the changes that you go through And I really love this conversation because it's so authentic and real and it's also the parts that no one told me about life after sports. It's the things that I kind of had to run into and stumble through myself and I wish that I had heard that this was normal for people to go through. I wish that I had heard about the mental struggles that happen with it or the body image or body changing. There's so much that comes with the transition after sports. And if you're listening and you're like, yes, like this is a conversation that I need, this is a conversation that I wish that I had heard earlier, then you would love the book that I have written and it's out now for pre-sale order. It's Life After Sport and it's talking all about these lessons that I learned and had to go through the tough way, right? Because people just say, you know, you had a great time in athletics and you're gonna live large in the real world and you know unfortunately that's not always the case there are some things that come in the way things that we just aren't coached for and so I would love for you to check out the book it's very relatable just like my conversation here with Emily and Taylor the link to buy is right down below but go now because the pre-sale order is only open for one more week it's open for one week and that is it until this fall you will not be able to buy it again until the end of August beginning of September so go check it out and if you're listening to this and you're like I've never been an athlete I have no idea what you're talking about here This is a conversation that I still think you're going to love because we talk about when you don't have an identity anymore and you don't have support anymore, how to build confidence and how to start again. And so no matter what point you're in, everyone has felt this way at some point. So I really hope that you enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, so today we are joined by two former athletes, Emily and Taylor. They are the founders of the Rago Project and also the podcast, Rago Pod. And I am so excited that they're here with us talking today about, you know, their company and their mission of just helping former and current athletes balance life with sport. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, so I was wondering to start if you guys could talk a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do. Well, Emily and I were teammates. We're former teammates at UNC Chapel Hill. We both played volleyball there. Um, So that's kind of where this all begins. But for me specifically, like, yep, was a high school, college, professional volleyball player, love women's sports, love being around sports women um, around like my senior year. Like I started struggling with mental health and that kind of like trailed into my professional career as well. And I started talking to other sports women about it, decided that it, my issues were more common than I realized. A lot of sports women go through mental health issues. And yeah, started blogging about it. Emily and I have like a ton of overlap in our passion for this space. But yeah, I'll let her tell her story and then we can tie it all back together about the Baraga Project. (laughs) Yeah, so I was a senior when Taylor was a freshman and I've struggled with my mental health since I was 10 years old. My depression started. And um, I actually had a coach who said to me once when I finally got the courage, if you will, to open up because... I just like couldn't even continue with practice that I was just feeling so bad one day. And the coach told me, um, like, how could you feel that way? Do you know how many people would love to be in your shoes right now? 
And this was my coach that I valued so much when I was like 16, 17 years old. So I was like, okay, yeah, like that is so true. Why, why am I so unhappy when I have so much to be thankful for? And so then it started this like weird process. And then kind of freshman year in college, everything collapsed on me. Like my keeping silent didn't really help. And I went through horrible depression um, away from home, from my support system, trying to balance college volleyball. So this was something that I struggled with all four years, but kind of kept silent from my teammates and limited people because I didn't want people to judge me like other people had. And then I lost a teammate to depression um, upon graduation when they made the switch from sport to you know real life. And it was devastating for me because I knew that was like how I felt and I never knew she felt that way too so I started like casually blogging on it met with Taylor like three years before all this started and we kind of shared our experiences so even though we were teammates we never had that relationship and we said if me and you never had these conversations and both were going through such important life changes we need to start normalizing these conversations and so we eventually kind of joined together to start normalizing these conversations, get programs in place that can support these collegiate athletes and the conversations that we wish we would have been able to have when we were student athletes. Yeah, no, I love that because especially that you mentioned too, right? If we're not even talking to it with our own teammates and those are the people that we're closest with, then when we make this transition out of sport, you lose that support system. So how would you then feel comfortable there or where do you even go from that point? Um, so yeah, I love that that was kind of your background into starting the company. So now I know that you guys too, you talk a lot about the transition out of sports and that's where you help a lot of the athletes is how to become you know, more balanced in the everyday life afterwards. So what was your own transitions like out of sport? Mine was really rough. I wasn't prepared for it. So I actually got hurt my senior year and I pushed through pain, traveled off. So the nice thing was I didn't even have to decide, am I going to go to Europe to play? Cause that's what happens in volleyball. And I, I just knew I was done. So I wasn't ready for the grief process. Um, and studies have been done, just started kind of getting done on how the women uh, loss of identity of athlete is actually higher than men's possibly because of that lack of professional, professional options. So I, it was hit with a, a bag of bricks. I was just so surprised that I found myself not prepared because I had put so much weight in my athlete identity that I did not have any balance, any of my other identities that had, had nothing to lean to and, and to overcompensate with. So I just found myself in a relationship that I wasn't really happy that I just did the next thing. I ended up getting married shortly after, did not work out, got divorced like after a year just because I thought that was the next step. I just, I was in a job that I didn't like and I, it wasn't even that good of money. So it wasn't even like, what is my purpose in this job? What is my purpose in this relationship? But I just kind of felt like so much of my whole life was always dictated for me, having sports such a big part of my life that I had no clue what to do once that structure was gone. And I did not have the network. I did not have the balance required. And I did not have the mental health access and, and access to therapy that I needed during that time to really be prepared since it is a, a grieving process. Yeah, no. And I think that what you mentioned too, right? It's almost like we expect to just move on to the next thing after sports. It's like, okay, I was successful as an athlete and now successful after looks like having a great job. It looks like getting married, right? It's like, I fell into that same pattern too of, okay, like, you know, I excelled in one thing. How can I now move on to the next and never actually took inventory of like, how am I feeling during this? Like it is a grieving process, as you mentioned. 
I can relate to both of your guys's stories. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing was like, and again, like I experienced the same thing, kind of lost, all right, what's my purpose now? Had a dream about a blog, a nonprofit, didn't know how to start it. And also found myself working in an industry that I was like, do I even belong here? And the answer was no, I got out. Uh, But yeah, I think it's just that like, when you're playing sports and like, that's like, all that you do. We're all college athletes here. Like, you know, you're spending up to like 60 hours a week in the season, like between practices, traveling, film, weights, whatever. Like, when do you have time to sit down and be like, okay, like who am I outside of volleyball or whatever? And like, I just didn't have that introspection. I didn't have time to like really look within and like figure out like, okay, but like, what do, what do like, I actually want And like, what kind of hobbies do I want to get involved in? Who am I? Um, what career path do I actually want to get involved with? And like, I don't know. It was just like a lack of introspection and like self-awareness for me um, because volleyball like filled up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely a common athlete struggle afterwards, which I mean, no one talks about. I feel like I was only given like, oh, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Like you have so much freedom. And this whole part of it wasn't talked about. So now that you guys are a few years removed from sport, do you think that it's something that just, you know, got better over time or was there steps that you took to actually finding purpose and identity again? Yeah, I definitely would recommend. I waited till I got to kind of rock bottom to seek therapy. So I think it's really important because there's things that I didn't even know how to put words to of how I was feeling that's completely normal. So I'll I'll share some of those things that really helped for me is that um, there's certain identities that will last your entire life. And I mean, you'll always be an athlete. However, that elite athlete where it's your entire life is temporary. You have to find other things. Like I will always be a daughter. Like that's something that will always be there. But I'm also like have a relationship with my mom just because she's not my mom. So you have to kind of expand that athlete identity and finding things that I loved about athletics really helped. So I was a great teammate and it's not easy to to continue those bounds. I like Taylor and I, we saw each other every single day, twice a day. We had that friendship. We didn't have to put any effort into knowing our teammates, knowing what they were doing. It took effort that was uncomfortable and not normal for me to, to, reach out and to keep friendships, to turn the teammate identity to a friendship identity. Another one was I'm a competitor. That was something that I, I valued more than my stats, my winner losses. I loved competing. So then I had to find a way to channel, break down the athlete identity and channel those smaller identities into to new identities. I joined a board game club and we would meet weekly and start doing little board game contests. We'd each pick a different one. And that's what worked for me. I started training for 5Ks since I still had goals to work towards. And that really helped me. So just kind of breaking down what makes you so happy about being an athlete and finding ways to bring that to your real life is what helped me in the transition. It did get better in time, but I think that's because my other identities of now a mother, uh, I got remarried and I'm now a wife. I found a career I was happy in. So it took a while to get there, but I think the ultimate step was first identifying those other identities. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice too of taking what you liked about the aspect of sports. Like for you, it was that competition. For me, that was kind of like, you know, secondary or like for me, I just love the community aspect of it. So, you know, finding out and identifying like, okay, it's not going to look the same. It's not going to be a direct replacement, but how can you build on the things that you already know that you like? I like that. And then Taylor, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I think Emily just put words to what I tried to do, but like, I didn't 
break it down as beautifully as she just did. Like I kind of, you know, figured it out. I was like, okay, let me try to new things. Like, let me try and make friends. Let me, you know, find myself in a healthy relationship. Let me try and find meaningful work. But that totally makes sense that the things that you loved about your sport or like whatever experiences you have are probably things that you can find in other places. The other thing to note is like, no one has it all figured it out. I'm not saying Emily has it all figured out, but I'm also three years younger than she is. And I feel like because of that, like I still find myself a lot of the time in a place where like, I'm still you know, like sort of like in the rough patches of it. I feel better and I feel like I've definitely evolved a lot since 2017 of January when I left. Yeah, three years later, like I'm still kind of in that patch, but yeah, I do feel like I have found I can add value in different spaces. And that's given me a lot of purpose. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm kind of, you know, with you too, I recently transitioned out and I've noticed that it has gotten better over time. But then I also like kind of look back and I relate it to my own athletic journey even. Those first two years that I picked up rowing, like I didn't know anything. I was just like, even just learning the lingo. So I always try to like relate it back to be like, okay, I've been bad at everything when I first started. Like, this is so normal. Yeah. And like life is hard. <laughs> like, And I think we forget that. Like we expect it to just be easy. And like when you come from a place where like it's like this bubble of college athletics and like you were like you finally like found your place on the team and like you were Emily was a captain. Like I was like one of the team leaders. And then like you're thrown into this world and you like there's this expectation because I feel like there's this point where like, oh, yeah, athletes like they thrive in life and bubble. like they totally do. But also a lot of the time when they just get thrown into it, they're all like, what the hell am I doing right now? Because like I used to be it and now I'm not. And like it's a huge culture shock. Yeah, it, it's that ego, too, that comes with it, I think, because I mean, I had it, too, when I was an athlete, you know, that's something that I kind of wore with pride around campus. And I also could identify with all those successes. And then when you enter an entry level job <laughs> with like 20 other people and you're like, okay, I no longer feel special. I no longer feel good at this. It's like, it's a lot all at once that you lost from sports and then trying to pick up something new. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so I know that you guys do your talks. I forget what you had called it, but with different teams on different areas on how they could help with this like full body athlete, not just improving in their sport. What are some of like the topics that you talk about there that you think are really beneficial for people to pay attention to? Well, we have like five different talks. So we have leadership and like accountability, which is important translates across like all spheres of life. Sometimes we need to take our own advice and like, <laughs> if we're being totally transparent. Um, we have body confidence, uh, which we also need to take our own advice sometimes with. Um, what else do we have? We have goal setting. Oh yeah, the big one, mental health and self-care. <laughs> so yeah, those, we kind of touch on all of those topics. Yeah. I love that you mentioned, you know, body confidence too, because I think that that is really low on the totem pole for athletes when they're competing and afterwards too. Um, you know, they're like, oh, I have so much other things that I need to improve on. Right. What about my fitness? What about my nutrition? Could you guys talk about kind of what body confidence looked like for you as an athlete transitioning out and what that looks like now? Yeah. So the thing that surprised me most about this, um, when we give these team talks, uh, we have some polls and stuff, and we find that 
people rate their body confidence low, but they rate the team's body confidence high. So everyone thinks everyone else is doing great and everyone's struggling. So this is something I like totally relate to because I've had a, a relatively like healthy body image, but there's things that like, oh, I don't like how I look in photos. And I, I never really realized that like all that is conditioned to it. I was always took such pride that I'm an athlete. I have this body. My thighs are huge because I'm an athlete. This allows me to jump big. So I was always like, so I didn't care really what my body looked like. I knew I had bigger muscles than 95% of all the girls. I knew I could bench more than 99% of the girls. So it all made sense. So then after athletics, it's like, I don't need these thighs. I don't need to bench press 300 pounds. Like what? Not 300 pounds, but you get what I'm saying. I was like, dang, really? <laughs> some plates. I can throw up some plates. That's my spot. But I don't need to do that anymore. So like why, like I had a hard time finding the purpose in that. And it took me a long time. Like I was not happy for a while. I did like fad diets. I did all this weird stuff that I didn't even realize was unhealthy. It took me, unfortunately, um, kind of realizing like my body has done so many good things. That was the purpose of my muscles. It doesn't matter if these thighs don't fit good in jeans now. It has done so much for me. These legs allowed me to run. These legs allowed me to be a great athlete. So kind of having that, appreciation and like praise for your body of like, yeah, sure. My muscles aren't serving the same purpose as they were, but this is still my body. This is still my life. And they served me that purpose. That's what helped me most get over my like issues of like, you had such pride, keep that pride. You still did those things, even if you're not doing those things. Yeah. Did your like issues with the pride and stuff come more from the fact that, you know, your legs might have looked different from someone else because they weren't athlete or was it due to like changing at all, you know, cause a lot of people do lose muscle when they're not using it as much. Yeah. So I've always, um, I've always just carried a little extra weight that was always muscle. And so when that muscle changed and it wasn't muscle anymore, but I still was wearing the same size clothing, clothing, it was like hard to like embrace. Like, yeah, this is my new normal. And this is my new every day, but it's because I did all these things. I don't need my thigh. I don't need my butt to look the same because like, yeah, the, the truth is my but look that way because I was jumping every day, a hundred times a day, my butt's not going to look like that anymore because I'm not doing that. Cellulite is normal. All these things that just took me a little longer to get to the normal. I wasn't in my peak anymore. Um, it was hard just kind of embracing like your body is going to go through so many phases. Now, like I'm going to look back and be like, why weren't you more appreciative now? Um, like I do right now about my, me and my 20s. So I'm just trying to live in a, a place of appreciating what my body's done. It's growing a child. It, it, you know, it's an amazing thing that I just have to be so thankful that everything, like I, I, I am just really trying to appreciate it in the moment. Yeah. No, I love that you said too, you know, like it is always changing, right? Like you can't sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to work on my body confidence now and accept how it looks right now in this moment. Cause it's going to change even by next week or looking back. And so I think it's kind of how you said, right. Just appreciating it for what it is rather than for what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, I think I experienced like similar things as Emily. I really struggled with over-exercising after retiring from sports, which I know is pretty common just because again, you're afraid of like your body changing, you're afraid of losing it, whatever. But for me, I think one thing that really, really helped was just like educating myself on just like disordered eating and eating disorder spaces. I struggled with bulimia, I've been open about that. And just like recognizing that like the thoughts and 
behaviors that I had are not okay. Like they're, they're disordered and like, you know, the stress that they gave me, that's not normal. A, and like, also I don't have to live with that. And like, I can, I can seek help, like either in therapy, I can listen to podcasts that like help people who are struggling with this. Not that that's like an alternative for therapy, but like it does, you know, help just have a bigger awareness of like why these thoughts might exist. And, um, Ultimately, I think like the further I've gotten away from just like the place of very extreme body criticism and like just manipulating my behaviors to shrink myself, I've just realized like ultimately I just want to be a role model and like the role model that like I wasn't for my teammates and the role model. I want to be able to be like a role model model for my daughter, like whenever I have her and thoughts, you know, those come and go, you have to live with them. But like the behaviors and the way that I talk about my body in front of others and like the way that I talk about other people's bodies and, you know, the language I use, like I want my daughter and any team that I coach and like my former teammates, whatever, to like hear positive things that are going to make like a positive impact rather than like a negative one. Yeah. No, that's really important too, because Emily had said when you guys gave out those surveys, you know, people looked at their other teammates as being like, oh, she's so much more confident than me. But then, you know, if you see your teammates who are always trying to shrink themselves or always saying that they're not good enough, right? That kind of makes you think about it too. And that's the reason why I think we're so big on just like the language that female athletes use in front of each other, because I mean, I never struggled with body image ever until I heard a teammate start comparing their bodies to others things like that it leaves a lasting impression no definitely so now that you know you guys are both removed from sports looking back is there one like last piece of advice or message that you'd like to leave someone with yeah my big thing is just remember like if you have a yardstick of your whole life like your life expectancy let's say 80 80 is a good life Think of your career in college sports as such a minuscule part of your life. It's easy to think that that was your glory days. It's easy to think that that's your whole identity and that's what you worked for your whole life. But just remember that yardstick has so much left that's like uncolored, right? There's so much more. So really be trying to focus on the rest of the yardstick. Like you had so much structure there. Don't be afraid to lean into this unknown, lean into the unstructure, uh, just know that it, it does get better. This transition and college athletes is so stressful, something that so few percentage of people deal with. And just really try to keep in mind that the rest of your life is still there and it really um, can be phenomenal. Yeah. I've never really thought about it like that because, you know, when you're standing in the moment of you're 22 and you no longer have sports, you look back at your life and I almost forgot there was a time in my life that I ever didn't have sports, right? Because that's been your whole life. But if you are looking at it forward, you're like, wait, this is just such a small percentage of it. So I love that analogy. Yeah, I like came across this quote the other day. And I think maybe Pat Summit said it or someone else. It was a women's basketball coach. And it was something to the effect of like, confidence is what you earn when like you put in the hard work or something like that. And I thought that that was like an interesting way to talk about confidence because we're always talking about like ways to like improve your confidence and stuff like that. And like, when you think about sports, like we were talking earlier, it's like you come in with sports and like nothing's easy when you first started rowing or like nothing was easy when we first try to serve a ball over the net 
but like we kept showing up and like you know trying to get better tweaking things like asking for feedback and then suddenly like it accumulated into like we were seniors in college like and you know really like just this whole different person and like we had this confidence about us and I think like when you go into that last like 75% of your life if you're if you retire when you're 25 or whatever and like you're done with the sports and you, you live until you're 80 hopefully longer you know you can realize like yeah confidence is earned and like you're not going to feel confident like it's immediately once you start this new project like this new life don't expect to feel confident like right away yeah no I really like that quote and especially too right if someone had told me at graduation or right before it ended like it's okay that you won't feel confident for a while or it's okay to be in this process of figuring it out I probably wouldn't have like felt so much pressure or felt like bad that I wasn't figuring out just because I are I assumed right like we assume that we should already have it so yeah I like that like confidence is earned yeah, for sure. Social media doesn't help either when like everyone's just showing their highlights and like, look at my job, look at my house, look at my new merit, whatever it is. And it's just like, okay, great. <laughs> like, we're all earning our confidence at our own pace. <laughs> yes, I love that. And I love this conversation. Where can everyone find out more about you guys, your projects, your talks, all of that? Yeah. The Virago Project on Instagram. It's got a link to our website, our programs in the bio, but um, we have really great kind of daily posts on a lot of the problems that current and former student athletes face specifically for women. So uh, at Virago Project, at the Virago Project on Instagram or viragoproject.org for more of our programs. Awesome. And I'll include all the links in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast, at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>